afternoons. I'm Yuveka Rangapa in for Relibu Khilima Bocha this week. She'll be back with you on Monday. It is time for our masterclass, as it usually is on a Wednesday at this time. And uh, yes, yeah, something that you probably don't ever think about is what we're focusing on today. It's called qualitative research. Yes, and you've got to practice that quite a few times. Qualitative research. And very important for us to discuss this, especially with the highly anticipated World Conference on Qualitative Research, which, which is going to be held right here in South Africa at the end of January, scheduled for the 23rd to the 25th. This conference promises to be a hub of inspiration, knowledge sharing and collaboration for qualitative research enthusiasts from around the globe. So who might be an enthusiast and why should this matter to us? You know, it's a method of inquiry that seeks to understand and interpret human behavior, experiences and social occurrence through the collection and analysis of non-numerical data. Unlike Quantitative research, which focuses on measurable things and statistical analysis, qualitative research aims to explore the depth and complexity of human interactions and context. So it does uh, inform how you and I live our lives and how we behave. And uh, here to, to discuss it with us is local organizing committee chairperson of that much anticipated conference. And our guest is Professor King Costa, who's going to be talking to us about qualitative research. Um, Prof. Good afternoon, and thanks for your time. And you're busy arranging this big conference, and here you are with us for the next hour. Good afternoon, and thanks uh, to you and to the listeners at home. So let's talk about qualitative research. Let's do sort of, you know, 101. Uh, what is qualitative research, and why should it matter to me and my family? That's a very good question. Actually, when we talk about, let's first look at the word research. So you'll see that it's a word that is made out of two words. It's re and search. Mm. Meaning that there is a need to actually find information more and more so that this information is used for to better, you know, the quality of life. Yes. Actually, we look at qualitative research as a pillar of quality life. So it does matter because information is used every day and human beings Actually, the moment they wake up, they look for an information from as little as toddlers. When the toddler wants to know what is this, it's a need of information. But to research it, it means that even though information is galore, Mm. there is a problem of proper use of that information. So that is where now science come into the play and and it becomes now scientific to actually say, how do we actually use the information correctly? Mm-hmm. Or what mm-hmm. do we need to make sure that this information is packaged for different needs in our societal, uh, you know, undertaking every day? Okay, well, before we delve further into sure. and break down qualitative research, uh, we did mention a little bit about this, but you give us the difference between qualitative and quantitative research. Right. Yeah. So to everybody who is listening out there, particularly enthusiasts, there is a popular notion that you've got a schism between qualitative and quantitative research. In other words, there are diehard qualitative researchers who would believe that qualitative research doesn't use numbers. There are diehard mm. quantitative researchers who would believe that anything that you come up with qualitative is very subjective and cannot be used. Mm. But then you've got pragmatists, and pragmatists are people who believe that qualitative research, which answers the question, why is something happening? Mm. 
Many years, uh, I used to work uh, from 1994. I was working as a consultant, as call it anything, activist and whatever, in HIV, for instance. And in HIV, we were dealing mainly with the growing infection rates every year. And, and, and government and private institutions and international donors were working on coming up with interventions. And some of these interventions cost a lot, but the infections were continually going high. Yes. South Africa leading uh, mm-hmm. amongst those that were leading. The question then was, if we've got the quantitatives, which is the numbers, we understand the numbers and we thought numbers could help us because the more the problem is, the more the, you know, okay. the reinforcement of the So there's sometimes solutions. a crossover. Yes. Sometimes a crossover between qualitative and quantitative. And qu- Often the one needs the other. They must work together. They must work together. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. So because qualitative, sorry, qualitative will answer the question, why is this thing happening? Yeah. When quantitative will answer the question, how many? Yeah. Yes. At what rate is it exactly, happening? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, if you're if you're looking for employees, I'm learning as we're going along. If you need help with the conference, I'm so, starting to understand this. Uh, all right. So let's delve into this year's uh, conference. Uh, what is your theme? What What is your aim with this conference? Who comes to this conference? Surely, um, the purpose of the conference has got okay. The conference has got multiple purposes. First, is to demystify the fact that research let's just talk about research that it is a very difficult thing that is supposed to be done by only a select few Mm -hmm. first we must demystify that because every day we deal with inquiry we need to inquire so that some questions can be answered so that is the first purpose is to demystify the notion that research is difficult but research sounds like a lot of work (laughs) <laughs> well, it, it does sound that way. It's been made to sound that, that way. But we do research all the time. So we are targeting um, postgraduate, that is your master's, your doctorate students, faculty in different disciplines, business people. Research is not only used by academic institutions, but right here at 702 all the time you do research to make sure that whatever information you've done you've you've come up with has gone through particular protocols so we're targeting uh, business leaders we're targeting employees and all that but here's something when you look at other fields of research like data analytics this has been dubbed as actually a future job Mm. so we need to actually get that's why we've got to demystify the notion that research is difficult because you can't have research without analytics it's boring boring. it's (laughs) sorry to say (laughs) exciting it's absolutely exciting i actually do this every day and look how excited you are you you look at that (laughs) i can see it i can hear your passion about it Uh, so 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 we're targeting almost everybody within business because if you're dealing with people mm. you are operating in the space that deals with complex issues people are complex yeah we are very complex and life is getting more complicated as we go along even more so yes Yes. Yes. so what so what are some of the things when it comes to qualitative research what are some of the things that just examples of what you would research what what's at the moment top of mind what's a priority when it comes to research especially in south africa and in our context sure We, we we are faced as a transitioning economy we are faced with issues, for instance, of employability. 
So we should be looking at solutions because research is about finding solutions to complex problems that face people. So issues of unemployment, mm. issues of skills. Are we dealing with the skills that respond to industry needs perhaps? So that's just one of those. But issues in healthcare. We've actually seen the scare of COVID-19 yep. recently. And everybody would say, we know certain things. We don't know certain things. Mm. Because research was seen to be vital and pivotal in finding that knowledge. So yes, healthcare is also one of those issues that research actually helps to unravel some of the problems that we are facing. And look at this. Even healthcare needs are evolving as other sectors of society are, are evolving as well. So it, it's, it's all about the national and also regional, including continental mm. thinking mm. on approaching life in general, life in economics, life in academia, life in healthcare, life in politics. Mm, especially yes. this year. Uh-huh, especially mm. this year. Absolutely. Yeah. What are you doing that's election geared? geared to, I, I mean, there must be some ideas being bandied about in the office with the elections coming up. Are you going to be um, sort of doing any kind of qualitative research to inform our politicians oh, as to what you know, they need to be actually doing there if they want those votes? Oh, certainly. Mm. I, I do believe that a lot of students and scholars and academia and even businesses, or particularly researchers, are watching human behaviours towards the elections. The, the, the promise of elections. Are we still buying it? You know, the BS. <laughs> that, that's exactly yeah, that's what's important. Yeah. Are we buying the promise? Are we sticking to the promise or are we shifting the, the other way? What's the other solution? What's the other way? Mm. The election of this time that we are in is not yet the same as the elections of 1994. So there is a whole lot of uh, things to observe in, in human interactions. In, in other words, I'm talking about how political parties, for instance, are interacting with their constituencies, for instance are they interacting the way they were interacting you know in 1994 mm. uh, we're talking we are in the dispensation of for instance uh, 4ir and artificial intelligence yes. uh, you know there's AI, a whole lot all of it yes yes there's coming, a whole lot yes. of things so indeed there's a lot that we are observing as scholars as researchers as scientists so how do you even begin to research something qualitatively how do you even where do you start i mean are you phoning people are you asking them questions are you going to observe communities how does it actually work or is it all of those things yes yeah. a researcher should be very very curious actually the first point of curiosity should be about yourself mm. asking your question why do i do what i do when i do it mm. okay yes now you've got me thinking all yeah. right because there's, there's a whole lot of issues. Yeah. Why we do? Because if we are able to do with that, then we look at other people and say, but why are people doing what they do when yeah. they do? Now, let's take this and make it practical in business because we are within uh, economic sciences as well. So why are customers buying what they are buying when they buy it? Yeah. Are they buying it because of need? Are they buying it because it's trending? Are they, yeah. You know, all those kind of... So that's what makes a qualitative researcher to be interested. And remember, I asked the question, why? I didn't ask the question, what? Mm. Because what is descriptive, but why brings rationale and justification? Behavior. Exactly, yes. Mm. So you, we need to know the triggers because once we know and that is the domain of qualitative. So because it's complex, it deals with subjectivity. The moment you say why, you yourself become a research instrument. Mm. 
because you are the instrument that must bring these findings for consumption to the targeted market. So recently, what's what are the big whys that what are the big whys that you've been asking? What are the sort of elements of human behavior that you've that that has piqued your interest? Yeah, one of the interesting whys that uh, we did with some of our researchers was involved in issues of gender-based violence. Okay, we wanted to understand. The question was, what is the rationale? For people who are intimately involved, so the domain here or the phenomena that was investigated was intimate partner violence. Mm. Why does it always end up in this? And it's that interview that we actually, or not interview, the study, we actually looked at uh, people who had, uh, committed the deaths of their partners. Mm. And we Did wanted, you speak to them? Oh, Yes. You had you actually had conversations with him, so that's how you do it. Okay, yeah, wow. no, I create an interest, yeah. but that's yeah, that would be a, a discussion for another time. Okay. But yes, we did actually. Because I want to know how you did, yeah. how you came to that, you know, to that information. What was interesting yes. in in that study actually uh, that we conducted with my my student was that we had thought when we interview these people because we are human. Yeah. So every time you deal with the question why, there is always. A, a risk of being clouded by bias. Yeah. Your why is based on how you view life, which you call the lens. Yeah. Your, 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 we call that a lens or your paradigm. So for me, before we got into that study, a paradigm of a murderer is, should be somebody, when you look at them, you literally should say, yeah, that one is a murderer. Okay. And, and. <laughs> well, there are some people I can think of. <laughs> And yeah, because it's a paradigm, yes. and, and because we, we listen to murderers from the stories that when we yeah. grew up, we're told stories about cannibals and all that. Mm. So you see of this extraordinary, scary uh, person. But actually, we were confounded by what we actually uh, found, uh, because at the end of the day, the, the, the people who committed these atrocities, when you looked at them, you would actually, uh, particularly those that are involved, yeah. uh, you would literally think, I actually like this person. The, the way they talk, the way they would greet you, the, there is something attractive. Yeah. Qualities, uh, certain exactly. qualities, qualities that, that, they that, possess, that, yes. should, that so are red flags. Yeah? Absolutely. Mm. So, for instance, that, that was absolutely very amazing. And because and, we had thought that the moment we go there, we should find uh, people who are involved. It's, it's actually, uh, I, IPV is a component of GBV because GBV yeah. is very, very, very yeah. broad. Yeah. So yeah. it's a component. And so you thought of somebody who has got an angry face, who's bashing people and all that, but we didn't find that. So what was your outcome and what do you do with that information once you have it? Who do you give it to? How does it become useful to the ordinary South African? So when you've done a study in qualitative research, Qualitative research, uh, its methods and protocols are informed by a small sample. You are looking for in-depth. Now, it might not necessarily be in-depth experiences. Mm. So there are many, many, many strategies or research designs. It would be a case study. It would be a phenomenology, ethnography. There's about 13 of them. Netnography, uh, qualitative evidence synthesis, a number of them, depending on what we used. So what, what, what you are looking, for instance, in our study, we looked at phenomenology and a field of phenomenology as well. Ooh, that's fen- a big word. Yes, phenomenology. yes, yes. So what's phenomenons, yes. Okay. Understanding, yeah. It's understanding the protocols. Because if a study is actually using wrong protocols, the outcome is likely to be flawed. 
So, so when, what we looked at then is that, uh, so you want to get proper uh, outcomes or at least more believable, credible yes. outcomes. Real. Yes, Real uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. You but need you, to get that. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's never extremely 100% with qual because there are these multiple perspectives or multiple dimensions. The dimension of the researcher themselves and the dimension of different uh, subjects of analysis who are your informers that you are interviewing. So after you do that with qual, you get outcomes. Now, we did a study in Houghton, for instance. So the next thing that you need to do is to verify its generalizability. Because you had a small sample because of the time involved. So you got deeper insights. Now you want to find, for instance, one of the things that we found out in the study was the issue of anger. Yeah. Yes. Was the issue of anger. What did you find? Well, a, a whole lot of uh, those that we had interviewed, anger was always coming across. And not only once, because when you do data analysis or, or as well, and you code uh, the statements, these significant statements, yeah. you will see the uh, reoccurrence of these accounts. And, and so it needs a specialized and a trained uh, coder to do this. So these things, they keep on surfacing and resurfacing. And as they come out, you see anger, 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 anger. It gives you uh, some form of an emotion that drives a particular behavior. But, but sometimes it's not just anger, it's annoyance. I was annoyed by this. I was irritated by this. Yeah. So then you do what is called then, as, as they come out together, you group them together. So we call that sorting. And so as you sort the them, yes, yeah. you, you put them together. Uh, you are looking now for patterns. And then you see, oh, there are patterns of anger here. But then we also found there were patterns that were driven by economic Yes. Issues. Yeah. Uh, most of the people that we had interviewed, you'd find out that either the, 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 the lady would have more money than the man, but now mm. there are also cultural dynamics yes. where the man is, should be viewed as a feeling so it's, it's a, it's a whole, as well. whole yes. lot of issues. But yeah. now you don't take a qualitative study and then you say, this is how the phenomenon should be described. Mm. The qualitative, remember, it helps to give you theory. So it, it's, its purpose is to develop, well, amongst other purposes, is to develop theory. So okay. when you've got this theory and you put, probably could just, uh, the reader of the study might say, wow, men in Gauteng or in South Africa are angry. I now want to, that sounds like a hypothesis. Yeah. I'm just making an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you must prove that. Yeah. And, and in other words, you must get this generalized. That, that's when now you actually are going to look at a broader sample. But this broader sample, it's, it's, it's no longer human interactions. You become objective. Mm. So it becomes, that's why you would use things like your surveys, for instance, in social sciences, you would use a survey and then mm. uh, issue out a survey and then look at a particular okay. population and then also look at the representativity of that population for quant. So do you see that this is brother and sister? Yeah. It's not yeah. quant alone not or they have to alone. Work hand in hand. So it comes yeah. together and they are coming together. We call that mixed methods in 
in, in, in activities, in research, but actually the philosophy is being pragmatic. And, and I, it's pragmatism. And I'm just getting the idea yeah. of the picture in my head of, of where this would link to how this research is used, for, in addition to what you've said, uh, Prof, is, is, is also if we're looking at NGOs that, are, yeah. that help women uh, who yeah. are survivors or men who are survivors of yes. uh, gender-based violence or intimate partner violence, yes. uh, you know, uh, are we looking at even those who are studying psychology and Absolutely. psychiatry? Yes. Now they have these studies, they have an idea, there's a spark of something yes. that they can work off of. Absolutely. One of the studies similar to that that we looked at was the issue of land attachment. So we didn't go to the narrative of uh, people who are looking for land, but we wanted to understand what is the value of attachment to a particular land. And we used a, a theory called land attachment theory. So because when people are born from a particular area, they tend to have some form of psychological attachment to that land. And yes. we, we wanted to look at it as value, but not in an economic value. Like where you grew up, you still go there. And, 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 and we wanted to understand what causes the fights, for instance, yes. over um, a home that was owned. A maybe, piece of uh, land. Exactly, yes. yes. What caused this, particularly the fuse in families and all that. Yes. What's, this, what's the extent of this attachment? So it's kinds of studies that we looked at. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's and then other studies are, for instance, in, in human resource, um, the value of continued professional development. It's quite a number of mm. uh, things that we research and qualitative research conference. Uh, and I know you're going to get there, but yeah. a qualitative yeah. research conference is a bringing everybody to say that while we're looking for deeper insights to understand why things are happening. Yeah. If you've got employees, why are your employees not producing the way you expect? Yeah. Why are they disengaged? Mm. So, so the workplace you, is yes, a big If you do place. engagement studies and only inform or, or use service alone and you do not have deeper insights through well-appropriate, uh, I, mean, I mean, designed protocols, whether it should be a case or you want to describe experiences, it would be phenomenology and all those. So you just would know that employees are disengaged you would want to put up in interventions that are very expensive and still miss it. Yeah, and still miss it because yes. you haven't gotten to the basics Absolute, of it all. Yes. What the a fascinating, part. fascinating, yes. fascinating work you do, uh, Prof. And it is Thank our you. masterclass if you've uh, just joined us here on uh, 702 Afternoons. I'm Yuveka in for Rele Bukhile today. And in our masterclass, we're talking qualitative research. And if you thought it was boring, well, it absolutely isn't because you've just heard the very passionate Professor King Costa, who is organizing, uh, one of the organizers, of uh, the conference that's happening in South Africa this year from the 23rd to the 25th of January and it promises to be, as we heard, a hub of inspiration, knowledge sharing and collaboration for qualitative research enthusiasts from around the globe. And if you didn't think that this was something that you could get passionate and enthusiastic about, well, you just heard Professor King Costa. You heard how passionate he is about it and you heard just, um, you know, why this kind of thing should matter to you and me because it talk, it's speaks to our everyday behaviors or somebody we might meet along the way and helping to understand. We were talking, he was using GBV as an example uh, about understanding why certain people 
hurt their partners, people that they claim to love, people that they, they claim to be attached to. Why do, they ha- why do they hurt their partners? He was just using that as an example. So many more questions to ask, but before we get to um, Eyewitness News headlines, a reminder if you have questions for Professor King Costa, he's a local organizing committee chairperson of this year's uh, World Conference on Qualitative Research happening here in South Africa. 011-883-0702 is where you can uh, call us and speak directly to him. Or what up a voice note as 072-702-1702. We are uh, talking masterclass on qualitative research. Our guest, Professor King Costa, he's on the local organizing committee. He's actually the chairperson of the World Conference on Qualitative Research that's going to be held right here in January towards the uh, end of January, the 23rd to the 25th. We're going to pick his brain a little bit more in just a second. If you have questions, 011-883-0702. If you want to WhatsApp or voice, voice note us, 072-702-1702 or SMS us on 31702. 702. Masterclass. Mm, and already a comment coming through from Sandra, a prof, saying, wow, I've learned so much about spiritual realities and I am in agreement with Dr. King or Dr. Costa, uh, Professor Costa, actually, regarding a quantitative research. They are spot on with their research. Okay, spiritual realities. That's a nice topic, that one as well. That is. But you wanted to talk about something that was fascinating for you around COVID. Yes. Tell us what, I mean, okay, there was lots of fascinating about COVID at the time when we barely knew anything about it. Yeah. What was it that, that was top of mind for you? Yeah, the cause of panic at the outbreak of COVID-19. Mm. And um, I was looking at the panic in South Africa, in Johannesburg, where I live, or in my area, yeah. where you people would be fighting even on toilet paper. I was wondering, like, what was the thing? That I, literally I think because I, they heard you get diarrhea from COVID. Yeah. That was the thing. <laughs> That's what yes. It, yeah. so, but, but I needed to know, I wanted to deal with my subjectivity. I could have thought of so many things. Yeah. But I, I wanted uh, I rather use scientific methods to understand why, why, why are things happening this yeah. way? And, and stockpiling and all that. So uh, what did you do? Yes. So what happened is that I had to say, but how will I interview people? Because there are no people to be interviewed. Everybody is at home. Yes. Yeah. So what will I use? What methods can I actually use? Could it be the dead of quality? I mean, the death of qualitative research? Because before then, qualitative research would be uh, viewed as more credible if you had interviews with people. You needed to interview people. Yes, you could take a qual interviews, perhaps using your your Zoom. But those things were not really used much by then. Uh, so connectivity and all that. Yeah, that's, that's when we learned to use them properly. Absolutely. Yeah. So I had to think there are two things here. First is methods of doing qualitative research and the advent of COVID-19 where there cannot be any social interactions. And the second is the actual rationale for the behavior we are observing. And so what methods can I actually use? So without understanding uh, uh, quite a number of strategies that are available for investigating a phenomena, one would find themselves using an inappropriate method that will actually not yield the results in a more convincing and credible manner. Mm. You know, for instance, many times you talk to qualitative research students and uh, they would be telling you that, oh, my research was on qualitative research. Oh, but research so what? was, uh, okay. Yes. So, so it's not enough for me. You are, you are telling me the tradition, but out of just qualitative research, what there's about 14 yeah. strategies. Yeah. There will be a case study, as I mentioned, phenomenology and all that. And some of these required that you 
actually have a social interaction with your uh, units of analysis and yeah. you couldn't in, in a case study you need to actually meet them and yeah, interview and by the way yes by the way yeah. a lot of students as well or other researchers they would think that the basis of an inquiry should be based on interviews alone but no, no. Yeah. these are just it's methods also obs- observations observations yeah and observations yeah. have to deal with a trained researcher to deal with yourself as you observe, that's why when we finish and you do your defense, we'd be asking you, give us your reflexivity uh, or tell us to what extent has this inquiry impacted your general view. And on that note, where you bring up those who are studying, uh, you know, to to get into this field, what would you need to study to get into this field of qualitative research? All right. And I'll I'll just finish on that phenomenon and then say what you need to study. So I'm then had to look at methods that I could use. And the available methods there were non-intrusive methods uh, and, 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 or, or non-intrusive research in the sense that I had to use a credible method that will avoid interactions, yet I'll have you know, a, 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 an access to some form of interactions. And content analysis was one of those. Now, a lot of people would have thought that content analysis is only a method of data analysis, but mm, no, mm. it is actually a full research method that mm. is also applicable both in quantitative and, qual- and qualitative. So okay. I had to use content, but mm. I had to mix it as well with a method called netnography because uh, it, it's a method on societies that are uh, within the net. You know, with, within the net space, there are society, full societies. In the, like, when you yeah, say net, like, internet. Like Twitter, yeah, well, it's not. Oh, it's oh you not mean like just Twitter online now, yes. now, everything online. Yeah. But, uh, things that are online. Yeah, social. But, but there are that, communities, yeah. there's a life there, as a matter of fact. So uh, Facebook became the, the, the community space that kept yes. most people alive and aware of what was happening out there. Mm. So you, you use those kind of methods. So to, that's what I used uh, the cause of panic at mm. the outbreak of COVID-19. And findings were interesting there. Because, yeah. uh, and, and the study, In a nutshell, tell me what that, you found. That study yeah. actually ended up attracting the interest of the World Health Organization. And it is set right and there toilet on the outside. Manufacturers. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> toilet paper manufacturers. Okay. Uh. It was misinformation. If there is a new phenomenon that everybody is scared and those that you'd look at, like, for instance, the medical and scientific fraternity, who would now say that, yes, we don't know what this mm. thing is. And we, because scientists cannot just say we know. Yeah. Actually, to, to my, my, I tell my students all the time, if you are a great scholar, avoid to appear to know it all. Yeah. A great scholar uh, takes the cue from philosophers such as Socrates, who said, I have learned that the more I know is the more I don't know. That should be the attitude of a researcher. You should always wanting to know. You always be wanting to know. That is why the researcher towards the end of the report, they will say recommendations Mm. for future research. So what do you study? What, if I wanted to get into this, what, what would research I study? Research methods. Research methods. You need to study research methods. Okay. Uh, that, that is actually another big problem that we face in, also in South Africa. Those that, okay, because I had this interest back then in 2018. Why is it that many people do not finish their masters and PhDs on record time? Mm. If you don't have PhDs produced uh, in the manner that they should, it because the purpose of a doctoral study, particularly a PhD, 
its purpose is to contribute or to develop new knowledge. Mm -hmm. That is a doctoral study. A doctoral study is a prescriptive study. It prescribes a solution on a problem. So if you don't have those, and with a nation as big as ours, Mm. with so many problems, that means then, how do you solve the problems? Yeah, if you don't you know the problems. You are going to take yeah. strategies and ideas from somewhere. Yes, they do work. But those ideas are made for that place. Of course, there is the concept of generalizing, of transferability, rather than we use that word, transferability in, in research. So you could transfer that in here, but there are likely to be problems with application. Yeah. For instance... In, in African context, in South Africa particularly, the biggest problem is epistemology. So I'll explain that. You said I must not use difficult terms. Well, I saw that. that word and I'm going to say, yes. you, you better say it before I yes. do. Yes, So yeah. the, the, the biggest problem is epist- it's epistemic foundations or epistemology. Yeah. Epistemology is the study of knowledge. Ah, okay. okay. So, so we need, for instance, when you say something and I say, but what's your epistemology? perspective of that mm. and our epistemology goes together as well it's, it's not a chicken and egg so you've got epistemology on one hand you study knowledge you've got ontology on the other hand you study reality oh. so reality is the lens through which we see life it's our paradigm uh-huh. it could be informed by and everyone's culture. reality is different yes, it, yes. Yeah, absolutely what you perceive as reality oh, yes. we can look at the same thing and see oh, two different exactly. things that's it. Okay. That's it. So that's ontological perspective we're talking about. We are experiencing a phenomena, but the experience is not the same. Yeah. So I've got a different reality, got a different. But now that's when then, when we talk about that reality, how do we know that reality? It will be epistemology. Ah. Now look at this. We've got. We are mainly uh, in South Africa. We've got our own South African reality. Yeah. But yeah. the methods, the protocols of scientific, uh, uh, you, you know, or, or methodologies or trajectories are based on realities that are not at all Africans, mm, are mm. African. So the isms that yeah, we use, yeah. interpretivism, uh, positivism, and all those that we are using, these isms, these philosophical perspectives, exclude our philosophy. And remember, our philosophy, a philosophy is mm. a lens through which you see Life. And on that note, yeah. we're being scolded by one of our listeners who says, just a word of caution there, Yveka. Yeah. Yeah. We need to point out that being charming and likable is not synonymous with being a murderer. So see realities <laughs> and things. A response to your earlier red flags <laughs> comment, but he's got a happy face. Thanks for Ryan. We learned our lesson, but you know. Go and watch those Jeffrey Dahmer things and all of that, and we'll tell you. But Certainly. while we're talking, uh, uh, Prof, as well, uh, yes, while we're talking about. Um, you know, studying and what it takes and, yeah. and, and what you need. We've got a voice note uh, from someone. Let's play that one. Good afternoon, Talk 702 Landers. Um, I just wanted to comment on the conversation with Prof King Costa. Um, so I've just completed my PhD, uh, doctorate in business administration. And I was obviously doing a qualitative, um, not obvious, but I was doing a qualitative study and my methodology being phenomenography. I have to admit, um, we've always thought quantitative is quicker and you know, you analyze, you use systems to analyze, but the weight of knowledge and insight um, um, that comes with doing a qualitative research, I wouldn't trade that for anything. 
like the doctor the prof was saying it somehow allows you to immerse yourself in the worlds of your participants you know you actually come out a different person altogether so one of the things that i wrote in my acknowledgements was the study itself was was a, a shaping of my world and of my character so initially you go in because you want to do a study it's a phd you want to complete it you want to contribute to the body of knowledge but it's amazing when you undertake a qualitative study the amount of impact it has on you as an individual and i think if a whole lot of our studies um, be it academic or even professional studies if we were to also take a qualitative approach and be able to learn things from lived experiences i think it would be a different world altogether because most of the time we allow systems just to analyze based on what i would call um the the peripherals or the fruits but um qualitative studies allow you to even get to root causes of some of these things um and i think if we were able to engage in that and analyze in much more depth we would be able to gather so much insight so thank you so much i found this quite an insightful conversation wow you guys are deep thinkers hey prof deep thinkers um but that's, and I mean be. that in a nice way before Farai yes. called me back or, or sends another message. You, it, it, it really, it, 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 does it change you as a person? Do you, yeah. do you start to look at life differently when you, when, when you decided to become a qualitative researcher? Yeah, you see, you, you mentioned the word thinking. Research is about thinking, mm. first of all. That's why uh, in our, with, with our community, I, I usually address them as greetings thinkers, you know, creators of knowledge yeah. while growing in knowledge. Creating thinkers. Yes. yes. So, so, so research is about thinking. And thinking, uh, and, and I'm going to lend from the theory of Robert Bloom, is known a lot in, in education. Mm-hmm. So thinking has got two levels, and each level has got three components. First level of thinking is knowledge. Yeah. But just talking about knowledge on its own, it's got components. For instance, when I know something, I need to understand the factual component, factual knowledge, procedural knowledge, how things are done. Yeah. But conceptual knowledge as well, understanding the relationship between concepts, you know, but also metacognitive knowledge. So that deals with uh, thinking about thinking. Oh, wow. It gets even deeper than that. Thinking about thinking. Yes, yes, okay. yes. For instance, that helped me a lot. Before I became a scholar, many times when you looked at me in a different way, and I would make conclusions. Yeah. So I had to learn about how I think. You either look at me or you say things. And usually we say, oh, in other words, this is what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, People make their own deductions yes. from it, yes. But, but, but now we're making deductions that are not reflective of those original words. Okay, so let's talk yeah. about challenges here because this was, uh, you know, yeah. we're talking about studying and what it takes as sure. well. What are some of the common challenges faced by postgraduate students around the world when, the, when it comes to qualitative research? And we have just a couple of minutes left. There's a few more questions as well. Sure. So if you can answer sure. uh, that one quite briefly for us. Sure, right. Uh, the issue of concepts, the language of research. That's basically that. See, research... Uh, uses a language that we don't use every day. Yeah. And uh, you've run a successful business. You are, your business is uh, listed on Jay's, uh, uh, on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. Mm-hmm. You come to study your master's or your PhD. You meet with a supervisor and they keep on telling, but that's not it. And we're like thinking, 
how come I can't be successful on this? So you just pull out. So the issue is research language. And Mm. that research language should be covered in a full program, not a one week or two weeks, not even a three weeks Mm. or three months, not even a three months. So I would, for instance, say those that are doing PhD, if you were to ground them, you have to ground them on understanding research methods. It's too broad, but at least they need to have a grounding. Mm, mm. Then, because methods on its own, it's just one big elephant on the side. And your area of investigation is another big elephant. How you apply yes, them to yourself. Yes, yes. Okay. And this, this issue that you're investigating. Yeah. Okay, there's another uh, question here. Um, it says, how many questions are reasonable for your questionnaire? Uh, I'm, like, I'm not sure now from everything yeah. we've learned about you that this actually even involves a questionnaire. Yeah, so, yeah? so, so we always actually advise scholars and students to also understand how do they use that language. So it goes back to concepts again. Mm. So because a questionnaire has a connotation of a detached kind of approach to collection of data. Yeah. So you are completing a questionnaire, uh, so there is no conversation. It would be, for instance, in your tools such as your surveys, whether they are through the paper, online and all that, but it's, it's you tick, 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 tick. So it depends on what you are investigating, number one. Mm-hmm. We've seen some questionnaires, for instance, on behavioral studies uh, that would even have questions like, uh, so 60 questions. Let's use, for instance, the MBTI questionnaire. Yeah. It's 60 questions. Actually, 62 if I'm not... Wow. Uh, yes. Okay, that's that, a that, lot. That, that, yes. <laughs> yeah. So it depends on what you are doing. And that, was, that one is in the field of psychology. Okay. But if they asked about questions, research questions, a study generally has one main research question and sub-questions. Okay. Or sometimes called second questions. Because yeah, there's one thing you want to find there's out. There's one thing you want to find. Okay, well. But in many cases, then you'll find that students in other institutions, they can still dichotomize that to be three questions. But it's a little bit of a problem because now your attention must be on the three issues. But you must have one main overarching question. That mm. is synonymous. As a matter of fact, when you look at that question, mm. it must talk to the topic. You, that's why then you don't start with the topic. Yeah. You start with a question. From the bottom up. Absolutely. Yes. Then the question will give you a topic. Okay. Well, Prof, unfortunately, we've run out of time. It's oh, so yeah. brilliant. We've had uh, people asking if we can please uh, podcast this one. Pashida, we need to podcast this one. Brilliant program on research. Thanks in advance. Um, and, and again, uh, uh, more more requests for this to be um, to actually be uh, um podcast so uh, we'll be you'll be able to find it on the 702 website that's where you'll find it if 10 seconds for you to tell us quickly how anyone can get involved in the conference 10 seconds please right. for us yeah so you go to world conference on qualitative research just mm-hmm. like that go to google world, world conference, conference on, on qualitative research okay then you'll get details or you go to vleresearch.net and click the world VLE. conference icon yes vle research.net and you click on the icon of the world conference all the details are there see you on the 23rd and the 25th of january thank you so much so passionate and you've definitely got us thinking professor king costa local organizing committee chairperson of the world conference on qualitative research what a pleasure speaking to you